0: And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com slash Pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hiya Sarah to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com slash Pantsuit for 25% off.
1: Our heads are spinning from all the conversation we've had with our listeners this week.
0: Pull up a chair, y'all. We're talking about gender and race in today's briefcase. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Fancy Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance.
1: Welcome to the briefcase. Before we get started, we want to ha- put out one last call for any debate questions you guys have for the great redhead debate. I think we should say it every time in that voice. I like that Uh, voice. Okay. So if you have any questions, email them to Dante at paintsoupoliticsshow.com.
0: We're going to talk today about two categories, baskets, if you will, of feedback that we've received this week. And rather than read you individual listener messages, we're going to just talk about the two big themes that have come up, which are gender and race. So, light subject for your Friday. First, we want to talk a little bit about our show and the introduction of Dante to it. I think that we probably got a little bit ahead of ourselves in failing to fully communicate, like, what's happening here. And that was disturbing for some of you.
1: (laughs) You know, I always tell people, I used, I'm a blogger, and that's was my field beforehand, and I, you know, it's the only experience I have, and you just sort of do backstage things and change things with a blog and sort of never tell people, unless you're, like, starting a new blog, nobody cares. Not so much with the podcast. It's a much more intimate um, relationship, which I love, but, you know, we're always learning on the job here, so we wanted to give a, a big assurance to everyone. We are not changing the format of Pantsy Politics. It is still Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. It's just Dante in the background helping us run things because, you know, Pantsy Politics has grown and we need to create the best show possible. But we just got excited about Dante. We, We got excited about having help, I think, is more than anything what happened. And we tell you guys about everything. So we sort of Like Beth said, got a little bit ahead of ourselves.
0: And we are so lucky. I mean, Dante is thoughtful and creative and brings a whole new perspective, which is really important to our show. But I don't want you to think that there's going to be a third voice, his or our guests or anyone else's on the vast majority of our podcasts. We understand what we're about here and are going to preserve that. and, And look, we welcome lots of new members to the team, hopefully over time, because we do wanna create something that reaches as many people as possible. We saw today, uh, we woke up to this amazing Facebook message where one of our listeners, Faith, had an interaction on Facebook and said that, you know, someone was getting hostile with her and she paused and changed her tone and thought, how would we talk about this on the podcast? Spreading that is really important to us and that is gonna take more than just us and Nicholas and Chad. So (laughs) we're super excited to have Dante on board. We don't want you to think, though, that this means that there's some sweeping change to what we do here coming. That said, I feel like some of the feedback that we've gotten about this is the first piece of good news about gender I've received pretty much ever. Because one of the most interesting
1: aspects of this is it was consistently men who were like, hey, we listen to this show to listen to females. Why do we have to listen to a male all of a sudden? We hear enough male voices. And that's just... Not what I expected, just not something I expected to hear from men. And it was an incredibly pleasant surprise.
0: I think that the fact that men notice a change in dynamics when the conversation is just two women versus two women and a man is such a powerful and positive thing. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it kind of took me aback. I shared with Sarah and Dante as we were talking about this that um, I, I traveled for work a couple of weeks ago and I decided, I'm just going to listen to all of the top political podcasts on my drive today. And as I was going through them, I heard so few women's voices, and it really hadn't occurred to me that having two women talking besides us and the pollsters, or having women even as the dominant voices in a mix of people, it's just a really unique thing. So we appreciate so much that our listeners recognize and value that, and we are especially encouraged that our male listeners recognize and value that. And the other thing I want to say, just since we're having this sort of turn all the lights on behind the pantsuit politics scene, it's been fascinating for us since we started the podcast that our most engaged listeners consistently tend to be men. And by engaged, I mean the people we hear from every single day. We have wonderful women listeners who who show up occasionally and, and some really often, and we really value those perspectives. It's been surprising to me that the people who send us the longest emails and respond to every tweet and are constantly on our Facebook page are men. It's just been, it's just been surprising. And I think it's noteworthy given kind of what we thought might happen with the podcast.
1: Well, and I also think it's gender too. I think men are. I think it's like meta gendered. You can just peel back the layers. Like I think men are more men are more comfortable saying, "Hey, I don't like this." Like, right. I wonder how many women were like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Why is there a male voice all of a sudden?" But just because we also get a lot of letters from women who apologize for sending us letters and comments. First of all,
0: y'all stop doing that. Yeah. Um, they, they're always more sensitive to our time Like mm-hmm. every letter from a woman is usually like I know you're so busy Which we mm-hmm. appreciate too But also you, or you hope don't I have to I do that I hope I don't
1: sound this bitchy But I don't really like this Or you know like so If that's you know There's so many fascinating gender observations happening at, you know, pantsuit Politics. But to everyone, male or female, it's still pansy Politics. It's still this and Sarah. I mean, I'm sure Dante would look fetching in a pantsuit, but it's pantsuit Politics and it's still going to be Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. We're just expanding our team to get some help behind the scenes, guys.
0: And to everyone, please keep all that feedback coming. Mm-hmm. I got the most wonderful email yesterday from Aaron saying that the podcast is such a weird format because... We're in your ears. And so there's this relationship that develops and it's one of genuine care and interest. And it was such a nice email. And I responded and want to say to everyone, we reciprocate that. I think about y'all throughout the day, right? I see a piece of news and I'll think, oh, our listener who's written to us about this would like this. And so it's it's definitely mutual and we always want to respect the audience in everything we do. And so we'll try to do a better job going forward of saying, Here's what we're trying to accomplish with new things. So moving on to race now, as we 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 just run the gamut, right, (laughs) of difficult conversation. We got so much feedback about the interview with Nikki Johnson Houston, and then even more specifically... Because I think this is just one of those lightning rod issues that kind of sends everybody into, like, what are my talking points mode? The basket of deplorables comment. And so specifically, a lot of the conversation centered around our observation, Sarah. And this is something that I've heard you say for a long time, that you can be both a good person and a terrible racist. So I thought we might spend a few minutes here just talking about that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's just really, it's so, it's such a hard thing to talk about. Well, and also the problem, too, is I think that there's a definitional problem in that I wish we could divide it up because I get really, I get really sensitive about the term racist now because I think that, you know, we're in the true Broadway style of having a Q, everyone's a little bit racist because racism is a structure of systematic power one group has over the other. So I guess what, when we, but it's become to mean like, in our society, like an individual who's openly hates one group or the other. I think that, like I said, I think everyone's a little bit racist because we live in a racist culture, but the idea of the sort of David Dukes character who is openly racist. And I guess sort of that's, not David Dukes all the way, but, you know, the idea that there are people out there who hold, who are comfortable saying things that 95% of America would identify as racist. So I guess, you know, openly prejudiced maybe is what I mean. And by and large, I'm talking about a generational aspect, I think more than anything. And what I said, because I said, you know, I have members of my own family who say really racist things, who are deeply prejudiced, And, but they're also still loving grandfathers and caring mothers. And, you know, that's the complicated truth of human beings is everybody has, we're not, we all don't fit in these easy white hat, black hat baskets so that, you know, somebody's all good and somebody's all bad. And it makes conversations on race so difficult and gender too, because you say to somebody, who, you know, I've had this conversation so many times with people of older generations where I say, that's racist. You, you know, that's really racist. And they, what they hear me say when I say that's racist is you're a bad person. That's what they hear me say. We are special breakfast people here at pansy Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge you gotta get it off your chest and you can get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com pantsuit today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h e l p.com slash pantsuit Terms and conditions apply.
0: Our understanding, and when I say this, I mean that the understanding of the average white person about race has changed really fast in a historical perspective, right? What we've come to learn about privilege, what we've come to learn about the way to talk about race has changed in in a historical perspective really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm not defending anything. Racism is wrong in any form. What we're differentiating, it's sort of hate the sin but love the sinner, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. the differentiation we're trying to make. I think some of the backlash against political correctness that we receive sometimes is that it's almost like you need to have diversity training Mm -hmm. to talk about race without being perceived as or or expressing things in a way that is racist you know we've we've really our dialogue and our expectations for that dialogue have shifted that's not wrong but I understand why it's frustrating well
1: because I like I said I think so much of it too is just we're having these definitional gaps I mean I had a big debate with my grandmother my parents about the idea of like no you can't about that there's no reverse racism (laughs) like it's about a systematic power one group over as the over has over the other. So you can't just say, well, if white people did that, be racist. Well, it's just different. You know, it's because white people, white people don't have a systematic institutional amount of power over white people. And so, yeah, it's, if you switch the situations, it's different. And so, but I think that that, like you said, I think that our understanding has deepened so much and it's not consistent. And, you know, we had a conversation with Dante where he was sharing a really sort of, difficult exchange she was having with a woman where she was basically implying, you know, well, the school with all the the brown kids is bad because the brown kids are there. And I told him and it was like sort of a polite cocktail party conversation. And I said, I can 100 percent guarantee you she didn't think she said anything wrong or racist, because there's also this perception of like, if there is a grain of truth to my stereotype, I'm not being racist. That's what I encounter a lot. Like, you know, if there's just a little tiny grain of truth. And my favorite quote from the author, I can't, I'm totally blanking on her name. that did the TED Talk. She's a wonderful author. But she said, the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue. It's that they're incomplete. You know, no one's saying that every difficult racial stereotype couldn't apply to one person out there. But the point is, you can't apply to everybody. And you can't then extrapolate that based on the color of someone's skin that everybody talks like that or acts like that or whatever so that it's just I think because and the reason I distinguish between quote-unquote racist and good person is because it just ends the conversation when racist means you're a bad person you can't talk to, it just it makes the conversation, particularly white people, so difficult to be like, no, listen to me. I'm not just saying that you're a bad person, that the conversation's over because you need to stop listening. I'm saying like, let's talk about what that means. Let's bring awareness to that so that it's not just about your personal character flaw. It's about a societal problem we have and a vast misunderstanding and ignorance and that has really, really tragic consequences.
0: And I think it's not a controversial point to say that your attitudes and willingness to embrace people with whom you perceive difference is altered by exposure to those people. Mm -hmm. And so there's an access issue, right? Because Mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of communities in the United States that are not diverse communities. And so I know plenty of people who support Donald Trump's wall and or Muslim plan, and do not view that as an issue of race at all. It's it's astonishing to them that people like me view that as racist. And I need to do a better job of stepping back and making space for their viewpoints. That doesn't mean I condone it. That doesn't mean I endorse it but it means that I open my thinking a little bit. We get comments all the time on a superficial level. We hear all the time that people are initially put off by our accents, right? Mm-hmm. And are surprised by the depth of conversation or information they hear from us because we're Southern, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's and, and then it erodes with time as people get to know us. And so in those places where people aren't getting to know each other, It's an uphill battle and it continues. And again, that doesn't make it right. I'm just saying, how can we keep some humanity about a really human conversation? That's the hard thing about this evolution and the way we talk about it and the fact that you really need a lot of education and training. I know for me as a white person from a rural community, the language that I use about race has changed so substantially over a 10 year period. It's not fair to expect people who haven't had the same experiences that I have to talk about it in the same way. Yet this is like the most human personal thing. You shouldn't need a PhD to talk about these issues that are fundamental to who we are. And so I think if we want to make progress in this area, I guess that's the point, right? If we want to make progress at all levels, in all corners of our society, being dismissive of and judgmental of the biases that we all bring to these discussions isn't helpful. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement, Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
1: Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. Whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your bra solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code podcast15. Because if it's not, if it's just, if you don't maintain your, humanity, then it's not a conversation. It's just name calling. And that's right. just not so helpful. You know, so I think that that's the thing is if you don't hold on to the bigger perspective, then it just becomes you're racist. No, I'm not. And we're all mad and we walk away mad. And, I, you know, I don't think that that carries us forward any. And that's what we're all trying to do. And, I, you know, it's really difficult as, you know, a white person to sit and say, I don't want to be the one that's like. Hey, be nicer when you're talking about race, you know, because give me a break. Like I, you know, white people are not deserving of a huge amount of empathy or compassion when it comes to conversations about race. That's just not a thing. Our bank is empty. But I also think that with the problem too, I think in the same way that you see some communities where people are not exposed to diversity, but exactly what you said, like the education and training part, because I, I have also know people that are exposed to a huge amount of diversity and it has made them more racist. You know what I mean? Like if you just, there's, if there's no exposure or there's a lot of exposure with no education or no sort of guidance or understanding, they can both be bad situations. And I think it's because of what we just talked about though. I think it's because it's the, the drive to simplify and the drive to compartmentalize people instead of understand them.
0: I know people find it hard to understand, for example, why I found the Hillary Clinton remarks condescending, because you know there's this sense of like she's obviously not talking about you beth and <laughs> why why we both have this thought that that you can both be racist and be a great person i guess what i would say to kind of wrap us up is i feel like we both try to bring the same humanity to conversations about race and gender that we bring to anything else in the political sphere you know we both hear a lot from people who say privately gosh, I watched this interaction that you had on Facebook and I don't understand how you kept so calm. It must be so hard to respond in the way that you do. And I guess it is, but it's also a practice and it's become not hard because I immediately think, hey, this person who is kind of trying to rile me up, because that's usually what it is, right? You can find somebody looking for a fight. This person's a dad or this person has a death in the family or this person has whatever. Mm -hmm. I just think of something that reminds me, this is a person and I'm a person and we don't need to go to the mat about our ideas. We need to exchange our ideas. That's it. It's like, it's
1: like Casey Musgrave always says, you don't know the rock in my shoe. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. So we really appreciate all this great discussion. And I think we should end with we're really proud of the way people are talking about these issues Mm -hmm. on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. I think that something Dante says all the time is you can be a part of our conversations without feeling like you're lost in the comments section to something on the internet elsewhere. Like, we we want to be an inclusive space. We want to be a place where people argue about these things, but don't argue in a way that is about argument. It's more an exchange of ideas. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, whatever the
1: University of Chicago decides, we are still a safe space here at Pantsu Politics.
0: We are... A grateful, as always, to our all-star supporters, Kara Beth, Christine, Sydney, Nicolette, and Paige. You can be part of this conversation on Twitter at PantsuitPolitik, with no S. On Facebook at Pantsuit Politics, you can go to our website, PantsuitPoliticsShow.com, to contact any of the three of us, Sarah, Beth, and Dante, are all there, and we will talk with you again on Tuesday for the Great Redhead Debate. What was that voice that you did? Do it one more time for us, Sarah.
1: The Great Redhead Debate. Yes,
0: until then, keep it nuanced, (laughs) y'all.